thank you all for coming. This is uh, a uh, something of a coming out party for a project that Lisa Williams has been working on and uh, that I am uh, really proud to be helping uh, in a small way to come to life. And uh, Lisa is one of the people who I most admire in this emerging world of citizen media. Uh, she's really done extraordinary work uh, and mostly unsung until recently uh, with her H2O Town blog and other <coughs> projects. And a few months ago she had a one of those ideas that uh, you hear and you say that's brilliant and it's only obvious in retrospect that it's a brilliant idea. It's just one of those things that comes up and I'm going to let her describe it but it's a, a project that is going to launch live very soon and uh, I think is going to make a tremendous difference in the future of citizen media in particular, how people in communities see themselves and how they act in this new world. So I'll turn it over to Lisa and uh, uh, welcome. Hi, my name is Lisa Williams and uh, I run h2otown.info and now I'm building a site called Place Blogger and uh, a little bit to say about it. Um, in particular, since today is election day, um, I want to share with you what I've been seeing in the site. Uh, what I've been doing um, to build Place Blogger is that I was curious to know who my peers were. I wanted to know how many of them there were and where they were. Who were the people who were doing what I was doing at h 2 And I just kept putting the net in the water and fish just kept coming. <coughs> And so I made a bet with Jay Rosen, who writes the um, blog PressThink.org, which I recommend if you haven't seen it, that I could find 1,000 local blogs. And we're rounding the corner on 700, and it's not really going to be a stretch to get to 1,000. It's, it's much easier than I thought it was. Um, so one of the things I want to show you is that when I look at the aggregated results of what they're doing today, the sort of live view of everything that they're publishing today, today is an election, today's election day. It's really a great day for them. It's sort of like a, uh, a sort of peak experience for them. So I'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, covered this part. Um, lots of people talk about citizen journalism and hyperlocal media. Um, this is what I think a place blog is. A place blog is about the lived experience of a place. And I think that's a useful definition. Because when we talk about these sites as citizen journalism, it's very easy to go to even the best of these sites, take a look at it for 15 seconds, say, what a crappy newspaper, and hit the back button. Okay. And that's because um, most of us are extremely fortunate. Our, ex our lived experience of the place we live in when we walk out the door is not news. Okay. Um, and if it is, that means one of two things. One of two terrible things has happened to you. One, you're, you have become a celebrity, which is awful. Or two, you live in a war zone. Okay? For most of these places where they live, um, you know, uh, they're talking about the lived experience of the place. And sure, there's news in that. There will be random acts of journalism. But they're also talking about what it's like to live in this particular place and talk to these particular people and eat somewhere and take the bus somewhere. And what I, th I think of the relationship between place blogs and newspapers is that the newspaper publishes 
the um, the slice of the lived experience of that place that is newsworthy, that passes a newsworthy thing. Um, as I said earlier, I wanted to find out just how many there were. Um, and I also want to give some, some credit to where credit's due. In particular, since we're here, I want to talk about how influential the Berkman Center has been to me personally. Um, the Berkman Center gave me something very important, and this, this happened years ago, um, which is that they gave me a sense of what was possible. Um, before I sort of randomly ran into the blog group and found all these people doing these amazing things with their blogs, I was a you know, completely forgettable, anonymous blogger. Um, and when people from that blog group started covering the Democratic National Convention and getting press credentials, well, that opened my eyes a lot. And I started to think, well, what can you do with this? And they pointed me to things and they showed me things that were interesting to me that I wanted to emulate. You know, that was the first time I saw many sites that sort of gave rise to H2O Town. So it was really important to me, sort of like uh, both the blog group and also sort of sitting and, and soaking up um, ideas from some of the fellows, in particular Dave Weiner, who's no longer a fellow but was and, and started the blog group. And um, Global Voices had a big impact on me watching that site. So that's been very, very important to me. I've had um, support from the Center for Citizen Media and Press Think, and I think one of the most important things that they gave to me to help, help me make this was um, they helped me get a, a really good designer. Um, you know, if you look at H2O Town right now, one of the things you'll notice is absolutely hurt your eyes ugly. It's terrible, you know? And um, I needed to do something better with Place Blogger. I couldn't do that. It just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. You know, and it was also a project that I couldn't do with, uh, that I couldn't do alone. Um, H2O Town I did by myself and still largely do. Um, but I couldn't do that with placeblogger.com. It was too big to build this site. So I have um, folks from Bright, which is at bright.com, um, doing the work on the site. It's a Drupal-based site, and Bright, the people who work at Bright are very prominent in the Drupal community. And one of the reasons that they gave their time so inexpensively is because, well, A, they, they knew me, and B, um, they personally were very interested in uh, something that, that Placeblogger has become sort of a guinea pig for. Um, the user factors, essentially theming the site, was done by uh, Fuego Designs and Andrew Duvigal, who was the, the designer that the center and press link hooked me up with, who's now editor for multimedia at the New York Times. So what's Placeblogger going to do? Okay. Um, well, A, it's going to help people find place blogs near them. I can tell you from having found all these, it's really a slog to try and find these blogs. There's no really good way to, you can't sort of go to Google and say, find me things 20 mile, within a 20 mile radius of Atlanta. You know, it just doesn't work that way. The, the intersection between um, the web and the actual real world is still not all that great. So discovering these sites is difficult, okay? Um, the other thing they'll be able to do is sort of get an at-a-glance view of headlines. And for the, um, for the folks who are interested in this, they'll be able to get customized OPML reading lists to suck into their own aggregators. They don't have to come back. They can, have, they can do it on their own. Um, I think of the main mission of Placeblogger, the thing that really motivates me is, is actually serving that community of Placebloggers. They're largely working for love. They're doing it on their own. They don't always have technical skills. And I'd like to, and they do get paid. They get paid in social capital. And I'm about to write them a really big check 
That's what I want to do. Um, and I also want them to be able to see each other. Okay, it's very rare for place bloggers to know each other. When I have made contact with place bloggers through this, they might know one or two others in their region. They have no idea that there are a lot of them, and neither does anybody else. Um, it's also one-stop shopping for people who are interested in citizen journalism in the United States. Um, you know, you can you can actually see instead of just theorize. Okay, and this is one thing I'm really proud proud of is that in order to make this site possible. Um, we had to make improvements to Drupal, which is an open source content management system that's, that's pretty popular. Um, we had to make refinements to the aggregator, and I'll talk about those in a minute. But this was the thing that really um, got bright into it. They wanted to make a Yahoo Maps module for Drupal. And even if PlaceBlogger falls flat on its face ne next week, um, that's something that Drupal users um, all across the planet will have, and I'm, very, I'm really proud of that. Um, the long sort of initiative that I had is I'm really interested in promoting an open and widely adopted geotagging standard to solve that problem that I talked about. Why is it so hard to find out information near me on the web? I want to put myself out of business, basically. <laughs> so this is what this is the, the design that Andrew came up with. And we're going to look at the site live, too. But this I, I, I got to this slide. And I prior to, prior to doing what I'm doing now, OK? Um, I worked at a technology analyst firm, and we had in our in our office we had this row of conference rooms, much like this one, except there were about ten of them. And every single day, you could spend all day just going back and forth between all of them. And there'd be some software company or some telecom company in there giving a marketing presentation. And often, um, when I kind of had a head cold and felt kind of useless to do anything else, kind of like I feel a little bit today, um, I would kind of just that's what I would do. I would just sort of walk down there and watch a lot of presentations to say, hello, I'm here to watch. And um, people often joke that, that we were going to die from all the PowerPoint radiation that we got. You know, it was really toxic to you. And I got to this point, and, and I started to think about, uh, about that, that job. And I thought, am I giving a BS marketing presentation? And I thought, oh my god, oh my god, I'm giving a BS marketing presentation. OK, so, so at that point, I just like made a left turn. And you know, I'm going to be extremely frank and, and honest with you about sort of what to do about this. I think the one thing, if you don't take anything else from this presentation, the one thing I want to say is that if you have an idea to do something on the web, now's the time. I couldn't have done this site two years ago or five years ago. There's so many freely available tools, people you can work with on a contract basis that um, are pretty affordable. Just go out and do it. Don't do it, you know, just, just start right now. Um, it's really possible to do a bunch of things that you, ne you had never done before. Um, do I make a living at this? No. In fact, it's the other way around. Um, in addition to the center's very generous support, I wrote a check myself. Okay. But it's very small. It's much less than I, than I paid for even my incredibly horrible college used car that had probably been used by 18 people. That's how, that's how much it cost. Okay. Um, and you, let's talk about you know, funding. My idea of funding, and this is this is from um, H2O Town too, is that the way to keep one way to keep things sustainable is to make them incredibly cheap to run. Okay, my out of pocket cost my out of pocket cost for um, uh, for H2O Town, for example, is forty dollars a month. Okay, so that's a site that gets today it'll probably get about three thousand users, has three hundred and fifty registered users, people putting stuff up there all the time. 
um, I think it worries the local newspaper, and it cost me 40 bucks a month. And when I told them that, I think that was the scariest thing I said. You know, because it's not just some, you know, rich, eccentric person who's going to threaten you. You know, it's somebody with 40 bucks, you know. So um, part of my idea for sustainability is keeping it, keeping it really cheap, okay. Um, people have asked me whether I want to commercialize this, and I'm very wary of turning what could be a successful project into a failing business. I wouldn't close it off. But it would have to correspond with the goals that I have of getting stuff to, um, getting, getting tools to place bloggers and getting an open geotagging standard and getting there. And I don't know if uh, it's, it's a toss-up to me whether, whether an investor would be interested in that. Um, I am thinking about applying for a few grants so that I can pay for more good toys um, and maybe spend a little bit more time on it. But it's a pretty, uh, pretty low-budget operation. Um, so what are the biggest obstacles to doing this? Um, I think personally my biggest obstacle to doing place blogger is doubt, is personal doubt. You know, um, I have moments every single day when I think, oh my god, this is the stupidest idea I've ever had in my life. And then I have to just get over it and say, well, if it is, I'll find out about it and then I'll have made my mistake and I'll move on. You know, and I think if you're thinking about starting a project and just sort of just seeing what you can do, that's going to be something that, that I think is going to happen to you, especially as people start to notice it. Um, I think, what are, what are my biggest advantages? Well, um, first of all, I have, I have really great advisors. Um, I have the experience of running H2O Town, which to me has been very valuable. And also, I think the decisions that I have made, one of the things I've noticed is that it's fairly different than the decisions that other people who are going into hyperlocal have done. And that comes out of the couple of years of experience of trying to run a hyperlocal site. Um, in terms of developing Place Blogger, uh, the things we'd like to do is sort of um, live mapping, uh, let people customize their own views, um, and again, you know, sort of aggregating tagged material <coughs> from the larger web because Place Blogs are like the little tiny tip of the iceberg uh, of writing about place. Every blogger writes about a place sometime, and that's all below the water. It's hidden. Okay, and what's needed is a really good, easy way for bloggers to declare a location, and that hasn't really gelled yet. You know, there aren't a lot of tools that, you know, would make it incredibly easy for a non-technical person to say, "Hey, I was in San Jose today." You know, sure they can they can tag it San Jose, but I'm here to tell you that's a terrible way to do it. I can't. There are a lot of places named Watertown. You know, I uh, in running H2O Town, I use a lot of RSSH search feeds, which is an aggregated version, right? And uh, I know way too much about Watertown, South Dakota. Way, way too much, you know? Um, and so if you do it just based on place name, uh, it's really not going to work very well. I just think it's really not a great idea. And then why do it? Well, I think the main reason to do it is to get, to get these people's voices out there. Hold on a second. I'm going to actually switch to it. This is Place Blogger. This is what an average viewer would see coming up. Later on today, there will be a little link under that that says if you want to be an alpha member and go in and look around, you can. Um, but let's see, where should we go? Well, first we'll go to the sort of front page. Okay, so it talks about sort of what's a Place Blog. But I think the thing that I want to show you today for the election stuff is this is the aggregator. This is what I see when I log in. And it, it literally changes every minute because there are so many feeds in there. Um, there's definitely something that I have to blog about down here. 
Tuesday morning disenfranchisement. The, the ballots are already screwed up in Kennedy Heights. Oh boy, somebody turned a blogger away from the polls, man. <laughs> Disaster ensues, you know? Um, don't fight with people who, who buy it by the bucket. One thing I want to say, here's somebody else in Westport reporting from the polls. And you go down, there's more and more Dallas blog election cover polling problems, blah, 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 blah. And you know, you, there's a gazillion number of pages. And you could just go back and back. Probably this whole huge first page is only about five minutes of election day as seen through their views. There's also one problem with the thing is that some people are dating entries into the future. It's kind of a problem for my aggregator. I got to work on that. Um, so um, the, uh, the, the other thing that I did is very, very late last night, uh, I went and just sort of took a, a snapshot of things that I thought were notable that place bloggers said about the election. Like, I, I love this one. Albany Eye, can a voter get a table dance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, and there's a lot of sort of voter voter assistance kind of stuff, you know, like, like they're publishing information about uh, write-in votes. That's not, I mean, it's not terribly exciting but um, useful, certainly. And um, there's people pointing people to sort of related incidents like YouTube videos about things. And um, here's somebody who's getting sued because of what they're doing um, with a particular candidate um, who they believe is um, uh, violating election law. Actually, I shouldn't say they're getting sued. They got a nasty gram today. And um, of course, what do bloggers do with nasty grams? They publish them on their blog. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, here's somebody, the Fire Ant Review from Midland, Texas. Let's see if we can go over there. I don't know. I hope I'm connected. Now, is this really interesting? Well, not really. It's a list of polling places in Midland, Texas. But um, he says, update. Oh, what the heck? There's no sense in burning up the county's bandwidth. Here's the list of polling places by precinct. You know, so he's doing it himself. He says he's tr he's trying. You know, he's trying to pitch in. And oh, one more thing. Place blogs always have pictures of dogs. <laughs> it's very important. And, um, always. You know, otherwise it gets too serious. I mean, most of these people are not getting paid to do this. You know, let's uh, let's have a little light entertainment, please. You know. And this guy's great. He even has swag. I'm gonna get me some swag. I, I totally want some. He has a ton of buttons too. So this is a this is a fun uh, place blog. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't see that. Let me scroll down. Right in the below RSS. Coalition, Coalition of Unpaid Bloggers. <laughs> How awesome is that? <laughs> um, so let's see, I want to find that one from LAS for you. Oh. I have a, a Bluffton today, I have a secret to tell. I'm 41 years old this year, and this year, 2006, is the first time in my life that I've ever voted. And if you go there, that's that person's narrative of that day of vo voting for the first time at 41. Um, this one's actually about like land law. A lot of people are posting about intensely local things about their races that have to do with um, sort of uh, ballot initiatives and questions that they have on the ballot. And they go really, really deep. Like I, I really have to click on this one because it's really pretty amazing. Um, let me see. I'll just go there manually. <coughs> No, that's not the right one. 
So this is about a ballot initiative in Idaho, right? But look at how long this thing is. This guy made this himself. You know, they're really turning out some pretty high quality information that I think, you know, it, it would be it would be tough to squeeze it into another meeting, I think, you know? And so, um, uh, so, and it's, and it's timely because it's right, this was posted right before the election. Let's see, Coastsider. The debate about Coastside fire protection has gotten more than a little out of hand. The knives are out literally. After one recent public meeting, the acting fire chief had two of his tires slashed. You know, the other thing, the other thing that, that I really enjoy, both about doing, um, both about doing um, H2O Town and about reading all of these blogs is that I, I got the sense very early on uh, in writing H2O Town is I had an insight, I had an insight that all, all relatively functional, um, you know, small cities or fairly large towns are actually comic operas with real estate taxes. And that's one of the things that, that makes these blogs incredibly interesting is that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the, the humor of like the tempest in a teapot kind of controversies that happen in this place. Um, let's see. But, um, let me show you just a few more things about, about Place Blogger. Let's go to the location table. So this is, this is a giant OPML tree. How many people know what OPML is? Anybody? So a few people. OPML stands for Outliner uh, Outliner Processing Markup Language. Okay, so it's an outliner format, and one of the primary ways it's used on the web is to pass around lists of feeds. It can do lots more things than that, um, but that's one of the primary uses of it. And one of the things that's important to know about Place Blogger is that um, basically OPML is the native format of Place Blogger. Um, it's really sort of the backbone of everything that's being done. So in the United States, you have sort of 638. It's actually more in there because a lot of sites don't have feeds. I catalog those too. Um, but you can drill down into various places and, and um, uh, sort of find things. And there's also, let's look at the location table. You notice that there's still a sort of messy design mistake. But this allows you that proximity search. Okay, And maybe we should look at a particular thing. One thing, oh, somebody's feet is a little messed up. But one thing I want to point out is that this, choose just, a, just choose, a, choose another one. What, what, is, what is that table that we're looking at? Oh, I don't. So this allows you to do a proximity search. So if you want things near something, you can do like, let's show us, you know, near, you know, X place. I haven't got um, a zip code working yet, but it will. Um, <coughs> but I think it's, we should probably sort of like look at a particular, like let's look at, let's, see, uh, let's try Cincinnati. Now, if you look at this blog in Place Blogger, you know I just showed you the aggregator, and that's what I see as an administrator. One of the things that's very important to me is like what's different about this than what I just showed you. It's not full text. In fact, it's very, very concise. It's really important to me not to steal things from these people. Um, I don't want to gather, I, I, I don't like the whitewashing the fence aspect of many citizen journalism outputs that everybody will come and whitewash my fence for me, you know, and, and I'll make money off of it. 
And so my object in Place Blogger is actually to get people out of Place Blogger as fast as possible. So we keep as little as possible. Um, I originally started with just headlines. Um, but the problem is, is that very few people write good headlines. And so I would look at it and I'd be like, I read that headline. I have no idea if I want to click on this link or not. So then I said, well, okay, headline plus 200 characters. So if, uh, if someone's coming up to Place Blogger and they say, well, I want to find blogs in Cincinnati, and they drill down to this particular blog, this is what they'll see. Um, the other thing that they'll see is information about the blogs. For some of them, it's a little bit more extensive. This is actually going to be changed so it's up the front. It's kind of stupid to have it down here. Um, but that's, that's essentially what they'll, um, what they'll see. And what, I'm sorry, what generates the 200 characters? Oh, it's all, it's, it's all RSS. Oh, you mean who generates the, the original? St state your question again. <laughs> You're just saying the first 200 characters of the RSS. The first 200 characters of the, the, uh, the headline and the first 200 characters of a particular item within an RSS feed, so a particular story. Okay. Um, I've learned a lot of things about place blogs and about citizens media by collecting all these sites and, and spending a lot of time with them and, and looking at them. And one of the things I think is, is great is that I think that uh, place blogger will give many people a way to settle arguments about citizens media, of which there are a lot and a lot of assertions. It's journalism. No, it isn't. There's lots of them. There's 12 of them. You know, it can help newspapers. Well, maybe. You know, that's not proven. It might. You know, um, and I hope that that Place Blogger, instead of just arguing about it, people will actually be able to uh, see about it. Um, I also want to do uh, a little sort of math, okay? Um, with the Place Blogs that I have, it means that three percent of uh, cities and towns in America have a Place Blog. There are nineteen thousand four hundred and something incorporated places in the United States, and um, if I get to 1,000, well, then we'll be at the 5% mark. That's an interesting number because that means that 5% of places in the U.S. will have a place blog. There's also a particular place that seems to grow place blogs. Um, I didn't kind of realize that I happen to be in one, but it turns out that I'm kind of in an, an ecological niche that supports place blogs. Where do you think place blogs are? Do you think they're, people think they're in the country or... I think a lot of people think they're in rural areas. They're not. The place where they're most likely to be is the suburb that has a border sharing with a major metro. Okay? These people are in a news shadow. The major daily in the city doesn't really cover their news. The weekly that they have gets all the advertising revenue sucked up by the daily, so it's not very good either. Right? So they're in this place where there's, this, there's uncovered stuff, um, and, there's, and there's places to do it. And these, they have a sort of particular um, footprint in terms of demography. Um, they're in a very specific category. Um, so uh, one of the things that I found is that they're in that place. But I think we should sort of put it in a box, because I think one of the big questions about citizens' media is what is the scale of citizens' media? How big is it? Okay. So I tried to answer a few questions and do some what-if scenarios about this. And um, I'm going to answer these four questions one by one. So I took these, and I took the data that I had, and I broke them down. And I said, well, if the number of place blogs grew this way, how many would there be? There will there be about 1,400 across the United States. And now a venture capitalist would look at that and say, eh, forget it. <coughs> you know, not big enough. You know, not, not YouTube, not MySpace. 
next, you know. However, if you keep the same demographics, those 1,400 people cover 102 million, 102 million Americans. Do you guys understand? Like, I'm not sure if what I'm doing here is clear. I essentially said, well, if you have the same growth and you keep them in the same population bands, I'm, I'm assuming that the population bands are going to stay the same, the distribution of place blog across that population. This is, what the, this is the, the coverage. If only 10% of the people in those places knew about it, they'd be serving 10 million people. And um, we'll talk about Wales's law in a minute. Um, the big question also about these sites is, will people come and add stuff to them? You'll notice that this number is quite small. Okay. And that comes from another uh, thing that, that, I've, uh, that, that I think is happening, and I, I want your input about. I was really struck by uh, listening to a podcast of Jimmy Wales giving a speech to the Stanford Innovation Forum. And he said something, he had this blizzard of stats about Wikipedia, but he had one that really stuck in my mind. And he said that uh, 0.0072% of Wikipedia users produce 50% of the edits on a given day. Right, so you have, you have really, really tiny numbers of regular consistent participants, which is what a lot of these sites really need. And my corollary to that for community sites is that you need consistent um, contributions by a very small group of people to make casual, feel like it, oh, I dropped in today and I said this kind of contributions from the mass possible. That's how Wikipedia works, and I think that's how a lot of successful um, citizen sites work, okay? Um, so let's just take this and apply it to something, right? Let's say New Haven. There's a really, really wonderful place blog community news site in New Haven called the New Haven Independent. It's really great. It's, it's one of the best of its kind. Um, and let's imagine that Paul Bass, who runs it, has an incredibly successful year and gets, in, in, in a year, gets 10% of, of, uh, of um, New Haven to, to visit it on a day. Well, if you take the Wikipedia number and, and put it there, well, he ends up with a pool of 62 contributors. You know, so the idea that I think I think that the idea that these local sites are going to have a huge pool of people coming in is probably a fantasy. There are some exceptions. There are some people who seem to be exceptionally good at creating dialogue and getting people in. Maybe they're just that kind of people. I think that's actually very, very rare. The, um, the example that I'm thinking about is a site called baristanet.com actually go over there right now. We can't leave. I can't, I can't leave until I call until uh, I show you barista net. Now this is a sign for um, uh, uh, this is a site for a couple of towns, a couple of fairly affluent towns in um, in uh, in New Jersey. And it doesn't look like they've quite started out today. Maybe they, maybe, maybe, maybe they're slow in the morning. But I'll check in in the evening to this, and they'll have comment threads that are like 70 comments long. And this is for a town that's only got about 40,000 people in it. Where are all these people coming from? One of the things that I noticed that's another characteristic of this site is, first of all, they're very personally engaging. BaristaNet is funny to read. I read it even though I don't live there because it's enjoyable to read. It's that enjoyable. Okay, but um, the um, uh, 
The other thing that the couple of these that I found that are sort of super producers have in common is that their town had a town mailing list that blew up. These are the refugees. Okay, so the town mailing list got so nasty, right, that whoever was running it shut it down. And all of the people coming out said, oh, censorship, must start a site, <laughs> you know? Um, and that happens to be the case. So maybe one of the things that, that we can take from this is that it's a good idea to have an email forum and build participation out of that. Um, I don't know exactly how that will work because there are a lot of newspaper sites that have tried to do that unsuccessfully. Um, merging sort of forum email um, and uh, and a blog. Now these guys don't have the forum anymore. Um, they've just moved to this format. Now when we talk about like the potential to the potentially small numbers of contributors to these sites, it's kind of a good news bad news scenario. One, on one hand, it's kind of good news for newspapers. It means that the barriers to entry aren't so low that some random person off the internet is going to wander in and kill your business. Probably not going to happen, at least not locally. Um, the good news is that the other fear that people have about citizen sites, even people who run them who um, aren't journalists, people like me, when I started H2O Town, and I hear this all the time from everybody when they want to start something, vast, faceless internet hordes will come in and do terrible things, you know? and. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about this math is that if it's right, it means that your core group of contributors is, is, a, is a group that you could easily get to know personally. Even in a very large city, oh well, maybe not in New York or LA-sized city, but um, almost every other city in the United States, um, if you have a successful site, it means that the core group of contributors, it was about the size of, an, uh, about the size of a graduating class of an average urban high school. So all you really need is a good principal. You know, it's not everybody. You don't have to manage the universe. You have to manage a fairly small group of core contributors and the rest of the people will probably follow along with that. And I, I think that's a big secret of Wikipedia's success is that they really um, they really serve those core users well. Um, oh, I want to give one note about the Wizard of Oz syndrome. Is that uh, Recently a lot, of, uh, a lot of attention has been paid to dig about how um, people are doing the math and they say that the front page of DIG is controlled by a relatively small number of users, which if you have seen this is not too surprising. But um, one of the things I would say is that if you're overawed, you know, either as an individual or as an organization by big sites like, like DIG or uh, sites that get huge participation, is that you should know about the Wizard of Oz syndrome. When you're looking at one of these hugely successful sites, what you're seeing is the Wizard of Oz. But the real thing that runs it is this a little tiny Steve guy behind a green curtain. You know what? You, you don't have to beat the Wizard of Oz. You've got to beat the guy behind the green curtain. And you can beat him. You can take that guy. No problem. You know? uh, oops. Looks like it looks like I sort of went back in this. Um, let's make sure that I've sort of got everything going here. Oh. Where to go with the place blogger site? Not anywhere near done collecting place blogs. There's way, way more out there. People are sending me email all the time. I know I've missed a lot. Um, <clears throat> the current place blogger directory focuses on um, place bloggers by independence. Okay, place blogger place blogs that aren't um, sponsored by or connected to uh, any kind of traditional news organization. I went out and got those because, um, frankly, they're fleeting. The other thing that that I think place blogger will tell us is what is the average lifespan of these sites. I encountered a lot of dormant and dead sites, too, you know, and I discovered that 
if this that the two most common reasons that I've seen that people stop is that a they have unrealistic expectations about the com community coming in and helping them and doing everything for them, which doesn't materialize, um, or they move. <laughs> Americans move a lot, you know. So those are the two the two reasons. But I want to go back and do a sweep of newspaper sites because uh, there are newspapers doing tons of local blogs, um, and they're doing great stuff, and I don't think it's fair to leave them out. Um, an easy way to find place blogs is to technorati the newspaper. You know, they're the ones linking to the newspaper. Um, secondly, the other, well, another hot spot that I found is that college towns are more likely to have a place blog. So I have to go fetch an old copy of the Peterson Guide and go searching through all these towns that have, that have uh, and see if they have a place blog. Um, the other thing I need to do is that um, this, is a, this is an artifact of having um, been raised and grown up and live in Massachusetts. Um, does anybody know what county we're in right now? Anybody from Massachusetts? Right, but like they're like they're a non-entity here. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever really think about county government in Massachusetts? Like, to us, it's just a line on a map. But in other places in the in the in the country, it's an incredibly important um, uh, political organization. What I found was that I was finding um, some place blogs that I wasn't getting by um, looking at cities. Um, I was missing them because I wasn't looking at counties because I wasn't used to looking at counties. Um, the other thing that I hope will happen, I don't know if this will happen or not, but I hope that when it opens, that people will say, oh, hi, I'm over here, I'm over here. You know, the sort of beacon effect that once it opens, that people will identify themselves. Um, there are a lot of challenges to place blogs. I think there's a mismatch between um, locales with kind of low enough competition and high enough advertisers. Um, and the cost of acquiring those advertisers hasn't changed, even though the cost of distribution has. Um, I think that's also part of what's feeding into where place blogs are. Place blogs are most successful in places that have a functioning downtown with small businesses. Not every place is like that anymore. Um, and also, this is something I experience personally. Why would somebody in Waltham or Cambridge link to H2O Town? You know? So, you know, it's not like you can really pr produce a link economy that Google is really going to expect, is go going to respect. You're being linked to by a fairly small number of people. So trying to make money off of Google ads is also difficult. Okay, and it's also the case that the, the online local advertising meshes very poorly with these sites. You know, uh, uh, H2O Town pays for itself, but mostly because it's very cheap. And I have no idea why people could click on those Google ads. I wouldn't. You know, they're terrible. You know, but I'm glad that they do. You know, because it means that it pays for itself and it's it's neutral. It probably pays my coffee tab. Um, I think that when we think about the future of sort of online local media, um, having an having an open geotagging standard is very important. Because the reason that online advertising is so bad for these sites is is because discovery is so bad for these sites. It's hard to find them. Okay, what you can discover, you can advertise against. Having a having an open geotagging format would help local newspapers and it would help place blogs a lot because it would it would radically increase their opportunities for advertising. You know, and that's another reason why I think it's a great idea because a lot of these sites, you know, um, I I am personally willing to do H2O Town forever because I enjoy it. Um, but um, you know, one of the sustainability issues is just that they take a lot of time and they don't necessarily make very much money. It's very hard to make money. So we, I think we talked about this. And that's about it. Thank you very much. Does anybody have any questions? Let's open it up.
a really practical one. When are we going to be able to point to your aggregator? Oh, well, um, this evening, um, if you go to the Place Blogger site, well, right now, if you go to the Place Blogger site, what you see is this. Later on this evening, I'm going to post a link that says, do you want into the alpha? I'm letting a certain number of users in and have accounts, and I want people who will break things. So what you should, if you, if you, if you, uh, in your incredible generosity, want to blog about this, what I would say is, <coughs> go over there and, and break Lisa's stuff, please. And I'm particularly interested in people who use RSS readers because one of the things I want to know is I want to know if the, if the reading lists work in a wide variety of aggregators. Um, because uh, one of the big pulls of the site is people being able to download customized reading lists. You can update the Berkman homepage post for lunch if you want to update the workout today. Excellent. Thank you. <coughs> oh, so <coughs> I'm um, I'm curious about quality issues. And, and the reason this came up was I, I knew you were giving a talk today. And I decided to go look for um, place blogs in my local community. And you made the comment that what's going on in a lot of these is people realizing the humor of a tempest in the teapot. Mm -hmm. That's actually not what goes on in my community. Uh, there's a large set of place blogs. They're run by the same crazy man. And they're nasty, abusive, hateful, libelous, heavily linked. And um, basically, if you encountered one of these from the outside, you would assume that we are all three-headed, PCB-abled rednecks <laughs> handing money to a sexually abusive uh, NPR director. And, and so I guess part of what I look at with this, I've run both aggregator, which is Blog Africa. Yeah. We run a very, very heavily edited aggregator, which is Global Voices. And what this lets us do is when someone posts bullshit like this, we can put some context around yeah. it. And I guess I'm wondering how you're going to do that. I, I mean, I would look at Berkshire County, Massachusetts within something like Place Blogger and go, holy shit, I want nothing to do with these people. They're nuts. There were, there were some Place Blogs that I stumbled across that made me think, I don't ever want to drive through that place. Um, some of them were pretty mean. In general, what I found <coughs> is that they're more likely to be trivial than they are to be to be libelous. And then there's a certain percentage of them that are just really good. Um, and part of the purpose of Place Blogger is to find out to find out the answer to that question: Is it any good? Um, and you'll notice this is this is the front page where it says recent popular content. That will essentially become the headline. Okay. But on the on the left is my blog. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's there for me to provide no. context to mm -hmm. what's going on, um, and uh, and to do that kind of work, and that's what I hope to do with that. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, you know, not everything that anybody writes on a place blog is great, and a lot of it is just wrong, mm -hmm. you know. And one of the things that there's no CJR for place blogs or for citizens' right. media. There's nobody saying, oh, you know, like you go to I don't know Romanesco and you hear about like the latest screw up of the day. You know, essentially, one of the functions of this blog is to be the Romanesco for citizens media. Uh -huh. You know, to find out find out what's wrong and uh, and let people know about it. Does that answer your question? Lisa, did you do any filtering at all? Were there some place blogs that you came across that you decided not to aggregate? Oh, this is a good question. And um, uh, are are some of the 
political blog folks here? Are they after, have they left and are live blogging? Maybe they are. They're live blogging in the library, but they're watching this on video. Okay, well then I'm going to have to maybe go go 15 feet and ask them at some point. But they're not on IRC, are they? Right? No, they're not. I could go grab them. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll ask them again. But this is a good question for, for the general audience, too, is that one of the things I struggle with is that um, some of citizens' media is highly partisan and political. There are a lot of, like, statewide sites um, that they're really hard for me to ignore because they do actually do news. Like some of the folks here today are from um, Blue Mass Group. And if you wanted to know about the Democratic caucuses to pick a gubernatorial candidate in Massachusetts, they were the place to go for a very long time. They were the place to go on that day. And there weren't really complete, um, uh, there, weren't, there wasn't really complete information about it anywhere. You know? So they are doing real original work, but one of the things I don't want Place Blogger to turn into is um, a site that aggregates blogs about national political issues, about so-and-so, President Bush, and so because I personally find them tiresome. Okay, I, I, get, I, I feel like I've had enough of them, and I feel like it's really easy to find those. I don't, I don't, they don't need my help. Um, on the other hand, I think that there are some um, state-level blogs that may or may not be partisan, but are definitely about politics. I call them statehouse blogs. Um, and I'm sort of trying to figure out where do I put the line because eventually somebody will come to me and say, you didn't put my blog in because of political bias and I need to have something to say about that. So if you have any input on that question, I'd, be, I'd like to know. In terms say of- yes. Say, well, what if they're, uh, that's, that's, I might, I'll, 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 I'll end up, um, uh, you know. Okay, the answer is say yes, so I probably ought to. No, I don't mean say yes as an inclusive. When they say you didn't include me because of political bias, just say yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 that's what okay. I mean. Okay, and then do you mean content filtering? Yeah, I mean, were there any place blogs that you came across that were similar to what he described that were just full of, say, I don't know, hate speech, say, that you decided not to include? I haven't found any clan branches running place blogs. I haven't found anybody posting porn. Although there is one in, um, in, uh, in Kansas City called Tony's Kansas City, which often has sort of Maxim-style pictures of women <laughs> between the between his commentary about Kansas City, which is actually very funny, um, I would take it on a case by case basis and small enough so that I can. You know, it's very easy for me to actually go back to the administration function of this site and say block recent items or block a particular item from this blog. Um, and I'm going to be sitting on the aggregator because that's what feeds the left hand of the screen. I'm going to be looking at the aggregator every single day, unlike you know everybody else in the universe. Now, is it possible for something to slip through? Yeah, but that's the nature of the internet. That's the way the internet works. Oh. Um, a, just a passing suggestion and a question. Uh, the suggestion is there are, are real estate sites. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me they would uh, do well to drive people to place blogs so that see what the bloggers are saying, except maybe not in the bursaries, but otherwise. <laughs> um, the question this guy's your neighbor, by the way. So, we'll, we'll He's down on your side of the, of the bursaries. So. <laughs> we don't claim any responsibility for him up for us. So. Okay. Well, you know, one of the other things is is that each each uh, individual, uh, and this, this relates to yours too, is that each individual um, place blog entry is itself a blog, is itself a blog entry with comments. 
So if somebody wants to come in and rate them or say, hey, you know, this is not cool, you shouldn't believe everything you hear in this, they can. You know? Um, and then in terms of real estate, there are actually several place blogs run by realtors. Um, and I think in general, you're right. One of the things that people have said to me is that it's a good way to get to know places. And it's an incredibly good way to get to know places. There are a lot of places that I personally want to travel to that never would have appeared on my radar screen as some place to go because I think that essentially their cultural life and their intellectual life is so interesting that I want to meet those people. So here's a question. Um, it seems to me there are at least two use cases. I'm sure there's more, but uh, mm -hmm. one is somebody who just wants to know about, I want to find proximity. I want to find mm -hmm. the blogs in Brooklyn. <coughs> and the other is somebody who, um, sort of in a global voices way, but uh, you know, wants to go to the site and see the news, uh, election day around the, around the mm -hmm. country. Um, how, for that, that first person really just wants to come once get the OPML list, leave, and have it updated. Yeah, uh, yeah. Updated when new things are added. When new blog, uh, new, when you find, when new, you discover when new, new sites. New blogs are added, yeah. yeah. New uh, things to subscribe to. So are both of those, are those the use cases that you're, or do you think one's going to be more important than the other? Is this really designed to allow people to browse the entire country in the way that people browse global voices? Um, or is it really a, a way to identify the set of the blogs in your locality, or both, or someone else? What you'll be able to do is if you do, um, um, I have the full, and also other people will be able to see the full US, show me everything. Um, but one of the things that we're making changes to, to aggregator to, to make it work this way, among other things, is to make it so that if somebody does a search for Cincinnati and they come up with five or six blogs, they can see an instant feed of this is Cincinnati. Okay, so does does that answer your question? Let me just answer slightly differently. When you think about this, uh -huh. you seem really excited about, for example, being able to see the election result, mm -hmm. the election day across the nation. Yeah. Um, is, is that what uh, is that what's driving this? That you you want people to be able to see? Browse America usually in one spot and uh, do it maybe by topic, like by election, or is this what uh, has gotten you going? Is really you know people really want to find the five or ten blogs in their in their neighborhood? Could be both or neither. You know, I don't know what uh, I, I'm not a good predictor of what people want, and that's one of the things that also H two O Town has taught me is real intellectual humility. I am a terrible predictor of what's going to be popular on H two O Town. I don't know what people want, and one of the great things about running a website really cheaply is that it's essentially a focus group. So I don't I don't think I have the answer to that question. I'm going to watch what people do and what people ask me for. Um, and there will be tagging so that you can tag things by um, topic so you can see like, show me flyers. <laughs> um, or just show me things in a particular region or neighborhood. And you'll also have sort of like the list of feed items one. Or show me Halloween across America. Yeah. Anything else? Maybe we should wrap up. Thank you all very much for coming, and hello, Second Life. Thank you very much for coming, too. I've never been broadcast into Second Life. That's really thrilling. I have, a, I have an account, but I, I've never been broadcast into it. Thank you. Thank you.